The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Lisa Pressman. My first book, The Five Principles of Parenting, Your Essential Guide to Raising Good Humans, is out now. In this book, I've wanted to quiet all the noise that's out there and distill the science into five core principles. And using those principles, you can solve absolutely any parenting challenge, giving you the confidence to raise good humans. Order now and give yourself a little bit of ease. Hi, it's Mariana. I'm the co-founder of Summer Fridays and host of the Life with Mariana podcast. This episode is with Dr. Taz. I actually found her book first. It's called The Hormone Shift. And I learned so much from the book that I had to have her on the podcast because learning about hormones, balancing our hormones, trying to navigate our cycle and our symptoms and figuring out lifestyle choices that are helping us instead of hurting us are always something that you guys are interested about. So I had so many questions for Dr. Taz in this episode. So if you're confused about what your hormones are trying to tell you, things that you can do to help yourself, any indicators of hormone imbalance and how to advocate for yourself during your medical appointments, This episode is a great one with Dr. Taz. Her book is linked in the show notes, and I hope you guys will love this one. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast because I've got new episodes every Tuesday. We hear a lot about hormones and balancing your hormones and something might be off, but what does this actually mean and what should we be looking for? You know, there's so many different hormone symptoms that I feel for women, honestly, because I feel like a lot of times they think they're going crazy or they're, you know, getting old or something's wrong with them. But, you know, hormone balance is really about, you know, trying to optimize your energy, your mood, your sleep, your mental health, and then definitely understanding what your cycle is doing and how you feel throughout all of that. I know. I think tracking your cycle is really important. So is that what you think the best way to kind of get an understanding as to what's happening? I think tracking your cycle is a piece of the puzzle. I don't want to say it's everything, but here's what a cycle can do for you. And we have to keep in mind that many women don't even have a cycle, right? For different reasons. But having a good, healthy 28-day cycle, when you look at Eastern systems of medicine, was a sign of vitality, was a sign of health. And then how do you feel through that 28-day cycle? Remember, we are cyclical changing creatures and we're meant to be that way, but they shouldn't be dramatic changes. So your energy should be pretty even through all four weeks of that cycle. Your mood should be fairly even through it as well. But if you're seeing dramatic shifts, like week one, you're amazing. And week two, you're starting to crash or by week four, you're just horrible to be around. Those are all signs of a hormone shift. Those are all signs that we need to jump in and understand what's happening. And that's a lot of like the emotional of like how you feel energetically. But what about what you feel like physically? So how can you tell that maybe your hormones may be imbalanced? So for me, it would be that I have really bad cramps in the first few days of my period. Yes, definitely. Cramps are a great sign. You know, women think they're so, it's normal to have cramps or they're supposed to have cramps. It's actually not. You're, that means your hormones are not balanced if you have cramps. If you're having really strong PMS, right, leading up to your cycle, I think that's a sign. I think the nature of your bleeding, you know, like if you're having very heavy bleeding, kind of the guideline is more than having to change, you know, more than four or five times a day, you know, that's a sign that there could be an issue there. If you're having beyond cramps, if you're having things like rectal pain or lower pelvic pain, you know, or bloating, those are all signs that your hormones may be off. Now, there are many other signs that are not maybe cycle specific, 
but they're still signs. So if you're having, you know, changes in your skin, like acne or really oily skin or the opposite, super dry skin, that's something to pay attention to. You know, mine was my hair. Unfortunately, it was, you know, losing hair, you know, rapidly or losing it in specific spots. That was my sign that something was changing and shifting with my hormones. So the body is often trying to talk to us. Sometimes we're just not listening, you know, but pay attention to these things. Don't dismiss them as being normal or, you know, all the other words that we often use. That's what I thought for so many years. Like, okay, I just learned like this is PMS symptoms. Like, okay, every month I just know I'm just going to be in pain for a few days and I'm like, my breast might be sore or something like that. And as I've gotten older, I've realized there's so much information out there that this isn't normal and that there's so much that I can be doing. And I think I was personally frustrated because I went to my annual with my doctor. And when I was there, I was like, I felt like my hormones might be imbalanced. I was like, should we check something out? And she's like, no, you don't need to. Like, unless you, you know, something's wrong, like we don't need to for like a few more years. And I was like, "Mm, that doesn't seem like the right information. So I ended up going to a functional medicine doctor who then did a Dutch test for me. So that's how I found out the information. And Mm -hmm. if I wasn't taking that next step for myself and really saying like, I know that something is not right here, maybe I would have just let it kept going on forever. And that's what most of us did to be a hundred percent honest. You know, like most people walk in and accept that explanation. And the good news about the last few years is I think many voices have come up and said, Hey, this is not normal. It's not normal to feel badly during your cycle. It's not normal to have these long recovery periods. And yes, we want you to advocate. And I write about a lot of that in my book, the hormone shift, because that was my experience in my twenties of really being dismissed and ultimately having to have like a major incident to force me to dig deep into my health. And if I can spare everybody out there from that torture, then all this effort in writing and, and speaking is, is worth it. Because I think that unfortunately, until the medical system changes, we have to be the advocates and the stewards of our own hormonal health. And we really do have to, you know, kind of like wave that flag or ring that bell that, Hey, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And go on the journey of finding a provider that is listening. They don't necessarily have to be an expert in everything, but they have to be collaborative and be willing to work with you to get to the bottom of it. And let's say you are somebody, you're listening to what you're saying right now. You are like, I have these symptoms. I know something's off. What do you do next? So if you have these symptoms and you know something's off, there are a couple of things I've done in the book, The Hormone Shift, to really help you. First of all, there is a hormone symptom checklist for you to really maybe gauge and narrow down the conversation around hormones for you. What are your top five symptoms? What are you dealing with? So use that checklist. I think that's a tool that all of us can use to kind of stay on top of it. Secondly, there is a hormone testing guide to really help you understand what normal hormone levels might need to be for you and for you to track and understand where you might be shifting and changing. So I would use that guide for sure, because many times you're told you're normal, but normal is really just being free of disease. It's not really being optimal. So look at that guide and really compare your values there so that you can find really the number that is optimal for you for every hormone. So that's the second. And then the third is really trying to find a partner you can work with. And that might be a functional medicine provider. It might be your general primary care provider. You know, it could be your GYN, although many of those are kind of locked into more traditional ways of thinking. But I would find a collaborative partner so that you could take the symptom checklist, you can take your labs, and you can be like, look, I'm having these symptoms, these numbers seem off, and what do I do next? Now, I have a lot of action planning and game planning in the book. And in fact, there's a 
hormone reset, there is a quiz to help you find like your dominant hormone pattern. Cause what many people don't understand is, you know, there's usually one major pattern that's driving kind of the direction of their hormones. So if they could identify that, then, you know, they could start to build the right diet plan and supplement an herbal plan, lifestyle plan for them, you know, even before they've seen the doctor. So those are some of the things you can do next. So dry January is coming to an end, but that doesn't mean it really has to end. There's so many great drinks and mocktails and cocktails that you guys can make to really enjoy like you're having a mocktail, but just with something that's a little bit more elevated. We just had a party recently and you guys know I love a mocktail menu and on our mocktail menu, we had some Gia drinks and I know that all the guests really love this. Gia is a non-alcoholic aperitif brand and it's inspired by the Mediterranean. It's made with the purest ingredients, no alcohol, no artificial flavors, low sugar with no added sugar or sugar alternatives. And it's also vegan. They have a bottled aperitif. It can be spritzed with the bubbles of your choice. They also have four can ready to drink spritzes, the Gia soda, lime and salt, Gia ginger, and sumac and chili. They also have a new berry aperitif. It's their first non-bitter flavor. This one is bold, juicy, and tart. You can spritz it for a dry, sparkling pairing with your favorite food, or you can pour it over ice for a sweet nightcap. It's perfect if you're doing dry January or beyond, or just looking for an elevated non-alcoholic beverage to try. We had a couple different mocktails available on the menu at our last event, and one we did it with lemon, ginger, and sparkling water, which is just really easy to do. And one that just seemed like a little bit more of like a spritz was, we called it at the Chateau Cranberry Spritz, and then we also added cranberry, orange juice, sparkling water, and a little rosemary garnish, which just elevated the drink a little bit more. Whether you're drinking it on its own or making a little mocktail for yourself, these are so great to try. Visit drinkia.com and use code Mariana at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. That's D-R-I-N-K-G-H-I-A and use code Mariana for 20% off. I think this might sound like really overwhelming for people and they're like, okay, but what age should I actually start thinking about this? So is it something in your 20s? Is it your teens? Is it your 30s? Like when do we need to start this? Or is it basically any age because it's going to be something that affects us as women for the rest of our lives? It's really any age. And I hate that it sounds overwhelming. I really hate that. But I think that we, it's, you know, it's like everything. You've kind of got to do the work and you've kind of got to do the work of understanding yourself. So I would want a 13-year-old to start this journey. I would want a 20-year-old to start it. You know, I'd want a 30-year-old to start it. I have witnessed so much heartache in my exam rooms that I think could have been prevented. You know, people going down an infertility route when they didn't need to, you know, people going into this pharmaceutical world of multiple medications when maybe it didn't need to happen, you know, things like hair loss and autoimmune disease. So unfortunately, like we may not want to do the work of trying to find these answers out, but at some point it's almost like the body forces us to. So the earlier you enter this conversation, the better. Your hormone journey will be better decade to decade to decade. And even going past, you know, 50 and 60, you know, you're going to be in such a great place overall with your overall health. So it's so worth it to start to pick at this and start to pull it apart. Yeah, because this starts for us in our teens and 20s, I think we're maybe having bad habits at the time that we don't realize affect us later in life. So you said that one of the things was infertility. So what are the things that we could have been doing in our teens or 20s that could help us later? One of the key things that I've seen, you know, that I really think is actionable in your teens and 20s is paying attention to gut health and paying attention to sleep. What I see happening over and over again is either because of food quality or lifestyle or, you know, genetics or whatever we want to blame it on, 
women aren't even aware of their gut health. They don't understand that, you know, they need to go to the bathroom every day, that if they're having reflux, that's an issue. If they're bloating, they need to pay attention to that. You know, if they're having the opposite, you know, they're having things like diarrhea or a lot of belly pain. These are all things that we need to own and take advantage of because they're going to disrupt our hormones. So the sooner you dial into, okay, where's my digestive health? Am I eating the right foods for me? You know, is my stomach happy the majority of the time? That's a foundational piece of hormonal health. I think the second is sleep. And I think I've been there in my teens and my twenties where you think you don't need sleep. You almost wear it like a badge of honor. But what you really end up doing is you end up raising cortisol levels. You trigger a lot of stress and inflammation in the body. So then by the time you're thinking about having kids, you're in a situation of high cortisol, high inflammation, poor digestive health, and the hormones don't work. They don't do what they're supposed to do. And instead, you it's diagnosed as infertility, and women go down this road of, okay, I need IVF, I need IUI. But if they took, again, if they had this foundational healthy gut health and they were good about sleep and self-care and really getting cortisol levels balanced, many times these hormone imbalances wouldn't even show up in their 30s. So that's something that like, you know, I keep trying to stress over and over again. I mean, Chinese medicine, a lot of my methodology is around merging the best of Eastern and Western medicine together. Chinese medicine talks over and over again about the importance of women sleeping, sleeping from like 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Those were considered critical hours for the hormone rhythm, for your hormone circadian rhythm. And now with that, we have research. Here's what we're finding. You know, if we're not resting, if we're not sleeping deeply, if we've had too much stress and trauma, we literally have inflammation around this area of the brain called the hypothalamus. It becomes inflamed. And when it becomes inflamed, all your hormone signaling gets thrown off. Now, it's not going to happen in one year of doing that, but it's definitely going to happen in repetitive stress that's happening over 5, 10, 15 years. So you hit 30 and you may already have hypothalamic inflammation, which is now crashing the entire hormone axis. So this is something that's preventable, completely preventable, if we got educated about it and really started to understand the connection between our gut health, our stress, our sleep, and our hormones. Wow. And because stress and cortisol really does affect your hormonal balance, what strategies can we do to kind of help manage stress the best that we can? Definitely. And, you know, we use that word a lot, right? We use the word stress quite a bit, but stress is a physiologic reaction to whatever's going on in your life. A certain amount of stress is good, right? Gets us out of bed, makes us do things, makes us accomplish things. But when that stress is chronic and repetitive, then that's when it becomes, you know, something to our disadvantage. So sleep is the first thing. If you don't do anything else, really prioritize sleep. And as young women, you know, I've been there too, where we were out a lot and burning the candle at both ends and all that other stuff. But I would say at least five nights out of the week, you need deep, consistent sleep, ideally between 10 and five or 10 and six or somewhere in that time frame. That would be number one. Second would be make sure you're eating consistently. All this like starving and then binging and then maybe not eating for three days. All of that is stress to the body, no matter what's going on in your outside life. And I think next I would say like, you know, schedule yourself. Many women run from item to item to party to task to item and like never stop for a second. Really develop 
a system where you look at your week and you're like, okay, these are the timeouts in my week when I'm going to force my cortisol level to come down, either because I'm going to do yoga or acupuncture or get a massage or have a meditation or breathwork practice. And all of this cumulatively over time brings cortisol levels down and takes that inflammation away. So I think you have to be a little thoughtful about it all. And, you know, as young women too, oftentimes we're not so great about boundaries. So understanding things that are coming into your life that may actually be stressing you out. So, you know, is it a toxic relationship? Is it a toxic work environment? You know, is it a relative that's driving you crazy? Learning to have boundaries so that you can always keep those cortisol levels in check, I think is a skill that really is tied to hormones and hormone balancing. I am shaking my head yes so many times because I agree with everything that you just said. And I actually have another guest coming on my podcast who talked about boundaries being a a form of self-care, that saying no to other people or having these boundaries really is taking care of yourself so that you feel better like mentally and physically. And it's just so interesting how everything is so tied together. It is tied together. And I would take what your guest is saying and even say boundaries are a form of hormone balancing, you know, so you know, we want to talk about all this other stuff for hormone balancing, but sometimes these very simple things are a part of balancing your hormones naturally. Something I love is jewelry. I just love that it elevates any look. I can wear a really simple outfit. And I know that if I just throw on a couple necklaces, especially, it makes a really big difference. And one of the brands that I think you guys will love is called Heart. Heart is a sister-led jewelry brand that's known for creating totally custom charm jewelry that is luxurious, unique, and long-lasting. It has a look and feel of these fine modern heirlooms without the hefty prices. Jewelry is so incredibly personal and powerful, so you can choose your chain and charms to tell your own story. Each of their 50-plus chains are embedded with meaning that act as wearable reminders of your intentions and values from motherhood, luck, manifestation, your zodiac, and letters and numbers. And their charms are plated with 100% recycled gold right here in the USA using the most environmentally friendly process possible. Their special HGE gold plating process means their jewelry resists tarnishing for years, even decades with proper care. I had a couple pieces that I made for myself. One was with my little Libra sign because I love wearing anything with my Zodiac. And I also did a bracelet with my parents' initials on there, which I thought was so cute and special. You can design your own bracelet or necklace on their website. They've got a drag and drop tool on their site. You can design a custom piece with your phone or your laptop and get a visual of what the product will look like. You can also book a complimentary virtual styling appointment. Visit shopheart.com and use code Mariana10 at checkout for 10% off your first purchase and free shipping over $100. That's S-H-O-P-H-A-R-T.com and use code Mariana10 for 10% off your first order and free shipping over $100. Heart rarely ever does discounts on their custom jewelry, so this is a very exclusive offer to our listeners. Visit them at ShopHeart on Instagram and TikTok. You've mentioned gut health a few times now and how gut health and your diet is tied to all of this. Do you recommend a probiotic or how should we be taking care of our gut health to support our hormones? I think the starting conversation around gut health is always around diet, like really get the junk out because no matter how much stuff you take, you know, it's kind of like, you know, putting your hole in a, in a leaking dam if you don't really deal with diet. So I think taking out high sugar foods, processed foods with a lot of chemicals and additives in it packaged foods, that's your starting step, maybe graduating from that step and really looking at your consumption of alcohol and dairy and, you know, even high amounts of gluten, all of those are inflammatory to the gut. So maybe begin there. And if you want to add things in, yes, a good probiotic, roughly between 50 to maybe a hundred billion units with different bacteria in it is very beneficial for the gut. 
as are digestive enzymes to help you break fats down and help you break things down a little bit better and get your nutrition to where it needs to be. So these are some of the things you can start doing right away, you know, when it comes to healthy gut health. And if you want to help your hormones and help your gut and you eliminate dairy and gluten and things that might be inflammatory, is this something that you recommend that you continue to eat this way to just support your body or that is it a short-term fix to help balance your hormones and then you can kind of go back to easing things in? Well, I think it depends on where you are. If you are very imbalanced and having a lot of symptoms, you want to be this way for at least you know, 90 days or so to really get a good reset. I start you out in the book with a 30-day hormone reset, which you could continue on out. But as you get back into balance, we can let the reins loose a little bit, but you still want to be eating this way 80% of the time. So 80% of the time, if you're really conscious of like the quality of your food and how you're eating and what you're eating, the 20% of the time where you let things go because it's a vacation or a celebration or a night out, you know, is really not that big of a deal. It's when it's daily, right? The daily alcohol, the daily sugar, the daily fast food. Those are the things I think that really are detrimental. And for so many of us, our hormones are changing over the years. Like what do you typically see change in women from their 20s to their 30s? One of the biggest changes I see in women as they go from their 20s into their 30s is a drop in progesterone and a continued rise in cortisol. That's probably the most common pattern that I see, but that drop in progesterone is pretty profound. Progesterone is a really important hormone. It really helps with inflammation. It helps with anxiety. It helps with fertility. You know, it helps with mental health and our cognition and so much more. It actually is involved in preventing the expression of many autoimmune diseases in women. So that drop in progesterone for some women is their first expression of a disease. They now have an autoimmune disease that they didn't realize they had, or because cortisol and progesterone are off so much now, the thyroid is also implicated so that you might see the first signs of something like Hashimoto's disease. You know, so I would say those are the biggest hormones to watch. And then there's fallout anytime, you know, one or two hormones go off. You know, that's why I really want women to find their dominant hormone pattern. Anytime, you know, one or two hormones go off, then you have fallout and all these other hormone metabolites have issues as well. A lot of times we talk about Hashimoto's, we talk about thyroid and these things. There's a combination of you like, yes, I want to eliminate things in my diet. I want to change my lifestyle habits. But at what point do you go on medication? Like at what point is this beyond like food and supplements? I think there's a toolbox that you just move methodically to. And one of the things we want to do for sure for all women, and I hope they're listening, is let's take out, this is good, this is bad, I failed or I succeeded. I think all this sort of shame, guilt dialogue is really doing us a disservice. I would like everyone to envision a toolbox. And in this toolbox, you start with things like food and supplements and natural remedies and stress and boundaries and all these things that we've talked about. But if you have tried things consistently for 90 days or so, or even four months, and you are not able to move the needle, it's time to start thinking about other options. And there are a host of other options, whether they're hormonally based or they're medications, or they are, you know, something, something different, you know, like feedback or, you know, there's so many things we could talk about, but I think you, you think in 90 day intervals, if you're truly trying, you know, the mistake I see a lot of patients making of all ages, they'll try for a week and give up. They'll try for four weeks and expect a hormone change. Hormones need 90 days to really shift and change. And so just think in 90 day increments, you've tried this. Now you're moving on to this. Now you're moving on to this and nothing is good or bad, except you not feeling good and not being present for your life and your community 
and the people around you. So just remember, let's take all of that away because that's a lot of dialogue that I hear. And just think about a big toolbox that you keep moving through in about three to four month intervals. And a lot of my friends recently, I feel like PCOS is something that I'm hearing more and more of. And a lot of them are on metformin now. So what are your thoughts on metformin? And like, what is this for people that might not know? I like metformin. I don't dislike metformin. Metformin helps to balance blood sugar and keeps blood sugar nice and stable. But again, they're natural options before you get to metformin. Is metformin the be-all and end-all that everybody talks about? Not necessarily, because a lot of people don't tolerate it. But it definitely, for someone with like PCOS or for someone with a lot of insulin and blood sugar regulation issues, metformin does play a role. And what are some of those supplements or other things you can do if you don't want to take metformin? So berberine is one of my favorites. I don't know if you've heard of that or not, but berberine helps with balancing blood sugar. I love it. It's an herbal remedy. In addition to that, there's something called NAC or NAC. NAC actually helps the liver, but indirectly helps blood sugar as well. So I've loved using it for healthy hormone balance. And then there's inositol. Inositol actually helps with blood sugar regulation as well. So sometimes we'll do a combination of those along with the gut work and we get to where we need to get to without necessarily doing a lot of metformin. Those are some of the options that I'll use instead. And I'd love to hear some other supplements that you recommend or that you like, because I think it's it's a lot for people like, okay, where do I even start with things? But for myself, I take a couple things each day and it really has helped my overall just like well-being and energy and how I feel. Definitely. You know, kind of the bookends of healthy hormone balance for me are like a methylated B in the morning and then magnesium at night. Like, I feel like if you're not going to do anything, maybe start there. And those I picked very deliberately because B vitamins help the estrogen pathway. They help progesterone. They help thyroid, magnesium, same story. So I usually say take a good methylated B complex in the morning and then take magnesium at night. Now, in addition to that, you can add in things like omega-3 fats to help kind of the hormone access. Many people don't realize that cholesterol is really the building block of hormones. So getting in the healthy fats, taking omega-3s, those are all really important, you know, kind of moving forward. Next, I would think through maybe something like vitamin D to help. And then if you're having a blood sugar issue, maybe bringing in one of these that we just talked about, like a berberine or NAC or inositol to help. Now, a lot of young women are having issues with high androgens, right? They're having the acne or the hair loss or those type of things. For them, you know, even trying something like salt palmetto or choline, those are helpful as well. So the bookends, if you're getting overwhelmed, work on your diet cleaning that up gradually, work on gut health, add in a methylated B and a magnesium, start there, you know, but if you want to move on to more specific stuff, then that's where you add in, you know, the supplements for insulin resistance or the supplements to help a healthy liver or those type of things. There's one person that I really trust with their hair. She's a hair icon, a haircut that really I grew up with was like, wow, this is so cool. And that's Jennifer Aniston. In this episode, it's brought to you by Lola V, and it's an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous and amazing Jennifer Aniston. You know her hair is so iconic that it needs no introduction. Imagine this. Jen got tired of the same old struggle that so many of us face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. Between coloring our hair, heat styling, stress, and aging, the list goes on. Over time, it really takes a toll on our hair. 
That's why it is so crucial that products not only repair the look of damaged hair, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the cult classic glossing detangler and perfecting leave-in conditioner. These aren't just styling products. They're your hair's new best friends. As soon as I get out of the shower, I have to put a leave-in conditioner in my hair and their perfecting leave-in conditioner just makes your hair feel so soft and detangled. So you can put this on damp hair and then style as usual. It really helps to fight frizz and it gives you that like intense hydration in your hair. But also if I air dried my hair, I'll put a little bit on it the next day and it just really helps my waves look a little bit more polished. Unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. As our loyal listeners, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your entire order when you use code Mariana at checkout. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code Mariana. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you and select Life with Mariana. For magnesium, I know there's like different types of magnesium. Is there one that you prefer for nighttime? I like a chelate, threonate, or glycinate. Any of those forms I think are really great for nighttime. They help with relaxing the body, falling asleep, staying asleep, those type of things. This is like exactly what I take in the morning. So I have like my B in the morning and then I do a magnesium at night. So my own personal journey was like, I, it was like a six month journey. I was like, I know I'm not feeling right. Something isn't right. I got my hormones tested. My estrogen was really high. My cortisol was like beyond low. I think I'd stressed myself so out that I kind of like just like depleted myself and I yep. needed to get everything in balance. And I think people here like, oh, you don't want to have high cortisol, but you also don't want it to be really low either. It needed to be balanced. So I spent six months of acupuncture almost weekly. I changed my supplements. I cut out dairy, gluten, alcohol, and then check my hormones again. And then it was much better than six months before. So I was feeling better and I was like, okay, all these things I'm doing really were helping. And by retesting myself, I could see like that all my efforts were worth it. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, it really does. And like you're saying, like you did all these kind of tweaking, right? These tiny little tweaks and it made a difference. Yeah, it made such a huge difference. And I'm so glad, like when you're saying all these things, I'm learning so much from you. And it's like, I'm so happy that I have these practices that work now and that other people can learn from you because we don't want to go through every single month feeling bad in this cycle. No, and there's no reason to. And that's really, you know, the message that I want to get out there. Like, if you are feeling bad, let's get answers. Let's like pull our sleeves up, dig in, and let's find answers to why. And maybe your starting point is to use some of the resources I've created and, you know, read my latest book, The Hormone Shift. But if you're still stuck after that, you know, then use people like me or others, you know, that have really been in the space and have been spending the time and energy helping you on this journey. So you're, it's so fatiguing for people to get all this information from 20 different places, right? And then try to put it together themselves, you know? So I think if, if you've started this journey, you're getting lost on the journey and you're not sure what tweaks to make for yourselves, or you started the ones that we just talked about and you're not seeing a change, then, you know, definitely reach out for help because there's so many great practitioners and providers now that can guide you on this journey forward. And what are your thoughts on birth control? Oh, <laughs> birth control. So if you need birth control for birth control, we got to do birth control, right? Some people can't tolerate an IUD or some of the other modalities, but if you're using birth control to regulate your hormones, that's what I don't like because birth control at the end of the day is metabolized through the liver that you are storing the synthetic hormone in birth control, you know, so, you know, short limited time periods of using birth control for young women is completely understandable, right? Five years, 
six years, seven years. But even while you're on birth control, I would get those hormone metabolites checked. Like what's your estrone level? What are your androgens? Like, are you metabolizing all this stuff properly? And hopefully you're not using birth control just to regulate your period. That's when we start to have an issue. Yeah. I think that was something that's like, when I was younger, I was like, I just didn't know. And then, you know, your doctor gives you birth control and you like take it. And then eventually I'm like, oh, wait, I like just need to get off of this. So if you're somebody who's like, okay, I hear you. Maybe I shouldn't be on it for this reason. How can you ease yourself out of it? Because I know a lot of times people are scared. Will this mess up my period? Am I going to break out? Like what symptoms am I going to get from easing myself out of taking birth control? Definitely. And I wouldn't want anyone just to ricochet off anything in this, any medication to be hundred percent honest. But if you're coming off birth control, what you want to do before you want to plan for that. And the plan for that is to first optimize you nutritionally. So making sure again, the B vitamins, magnesium, some of the fats you have on board. So there's some stability nutritionally. You want to make sure your blood sugar is stable. So make sure you're on a diet where you're eating consistently, and then you can gradually pull yourself off birth control and move over. You may have a rough first month, but usually by the second month or so you stabilize back out. I love that you speak so much to food going in conjunction with everything else, because I think we just don't realize how much food is affecting so many things. And what you were talking about with like blood, blood sugar and balancing and PCOS, like it really does affect you so much. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, you know, we don't realize how much is in some of our food. Like the more you know, here's what I can tell everybody. Like we, you can't go from zero to a hundred, right? It's not about perfection. It's about like making tiny tweaks along the way. But as you make these tweaks, man, you, you can't tolerate the amount of stuff they put in food outside, whether it's salt or sugar, or even like some chemicals, you know, MSG, all these different things, you start to notice it very quickly. And you also start to notice how it makes you feel, but more importantly, what it's doing to your hormones. Are there some foods that you think that we should be incorporating into our diet that are going to help us? Definitely. I mean, I think really paying attention to the fats, right? Getting in an adequate amount of olive oil every day to get those omega-9 fats in, getting your omega-3 fats in, whether it's through fatty fishes or nuts and seeds, getting fiber in. So many people just simply don't get fiber. So getting it through, you know, different types of vegetables or, you know, even black beans or lentils, I think fiber is a missing component of all of this for sure. And then I think protein, I think getting in a little bit of lean protein and making sure your protein grams, you're hitting like that 20-ish grams of protein every four hours or so. I think that's really important as well when it comes to healthy hormone balance. And what about workout and movement? Like how often do you think we should be working out? Are there types that we should be avoiding or doing? Because I know a lot of people say like, oh, if your hormones are imbalanced, like don't do HIIT workouts or things that are going to stress your body out more. Is that true? That is actually true. I think that if you're not sleeping through the night, if you're having a lot of hormone stability, like your periods are coming on frequently or they're super, super heavy, when you go do a HIIT workout or heavy weights or any of these things, you actually stress the body out more. So what you want to do first is like gentle stuff. We call them cortisol lowering workouts, right? Like walk, you can walk with some light weights, you know, do yoga, do Pilates, you can swim, you know, do some things that use your own body weight and then don't drive your heart rate too crazy initially. But then as your hormones get more balanced and you're sleeping through the night and you're on that 28 day cycle or so, then sure, bring in the more aggressive forms of working out. And by the way, this is a challenge I've really had with my PCOS community because they often, 
you know, have an issue with blood sugar and cortisol and hormones in general, and they can gain weight easily, but then they're beating their heads against the wall, working out super hard, and they're just gaining weight. And I think that's because they just are driving that blood sugar and cortisol level up even higher. I just feel like all this information is so, so helpful. And I know you have so much more in your book. So where can everyone find the book and what can we expect in there? Definitely. The book is The Hormone Shift and it's available everywhere that books are sold. And you'll find a lot of what we talked about in there. You'll find that hormone symptom checklist. You'll find a guide to checking your hormones. You'll find more information on the five hormone shifts. So you understand no matter how old you are, like which shift might apply to you and what you might need to need to do to prepare. And I have a quiz in there to help you find your dominant hormone pattern, like which hormone might be causing you the most grief, so to speak. And then if you're ready for it, a plan to really start the uh, conversation and process around rebalancing your hormones. So you can use the book in so many different ways. You know, you can use it just to check in with yourself. You can use it to evaluate your labs. You can use it to really do the reset. But I'm hoping that it's something that you'll keep close to you as you navigate just the journey of being a woman. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. This was so informational and hope everyone goes and picks up the book. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.